0: Thanks for joining us as a listener to our Hidden Kingdom podcast. With each episode I'll be talking to speakers, poets, songwriters, artists, entrepreneurs and friends I've made down through the years as a worship leader, hearing their stories and how they communicate in their various spheres of influence. These are conversations to inspire us to think more deeply and more imaginatively about how we use our own gifting to make known facets of the hidden kingdom to the modern world. Martin Neal, with his wife Rebecca, truly fits the category of being a global musician. Travelling and spending quality time with diverse and often unnoticed cultures and people groups, he brings a wide understanding of the power and uniqueness of indigenous musical expressions to the table. Percussionist extraordinaire, Martin celebrates and encourages through his music. Along with Rebecca, he heads up a charity called Voices from the Nations that assists with grassroots work in the communities where they have been welcomed. Today, it's my special privilege to talk one-to-one with him. Well, it's lovely to be chatting with with Martin Neal in our home, actually, looking out at the beautiful sunshine in our garden. And uh, we've just had a great time reminiscing and talking about you know music and things like that. So this this podcast is really a continuation. So
1: welcome. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, good to be here. And
0: I mean, Martin Neal and his wife Becca—they uh, travel and tour of the world, really, and mm-hmm. playing in so many different environments and setups and situations. Precious jewels to the global church and. Uh, such creative people. So I'm really looking forward to this this interview. Martin, you come from Walthamstow.
1: <laughs> well, I spent most of my life in Walthamstow, but I was actually born in, in Hertfordshire. Mm-hmm. So I was born in Barnet yeah, and uh, lived my early life in, in a place called Cuffley, or, although the first couple of years was in Potters Bar, mm-hmm. Cuffley, so it was that Hertfordshire area. And then I spent some time in Essex as well. and, yeah. and uh, But then a big period of my life was in Waltham State yeah
0: north and East London yeah and yet yeah you are the global traveler because you know if we go on your website which I'm sure people will do after this yeah. after this interview you'll see some amazing uh, situations and places that that you've been to but you you weren't initially you don't come from a musical family do you?
1: no not at all no that's the, the bizarre thing about my story I'm a sportsman at heart and uh, still love sports um, and fell into music which is uh, quite bizarre really yeah yeah but really enjoyed it when i did fall into it
0: yeah uh, you were telling me earlier about the
1: band the first band yeah it? yeah f- first band um some friends of mine decided that they wanted to put a band together and everyone was really excited and they all decided that uh, none of them wanted to play the drums so they told me you to be the drummer sort of thing. So as friends I went out and got a little drum kit and, and then a few weeks later they all decided we're not going to do that anymore. So ah. I'm, st- I'm stuck with this drum kit which I'd actually started to enjoy hitting. <laughs> So um, I was just coming to the end of my schooling, as I mean, in, in sixth form and all that, and uh, some other friends who I didn't know really that well, they were um, looking for a drummer for their band. And, uh, and thank goodness they were as bad as I was at music. <laughs> you but, learned together. Yeah, we learned together. But the lovely part about the story is uh, they also were a band of faith. Mm-hmm. So the name of that band was called Malachi, and so my journey of faith and my musical career started. Began, yeah, in yeah, parallel yeah. together. Mm-hmm.
0: And you sort of went on to, I mean, play with loads of different bands, didn't you? Yeah. different styles. Yep. Yep. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Then you yeah,
1: that? right, right from the beginning. For some reason, I didn't say no, so mm-hmm. I I would be playing in punk bands and country and western bands and reggae bands and. Yeah, just about anything, rock bands. And Not
0: all necessarily Christian bands?
1: No, in fact, in those days, it was mainly, you know, um, people that didn't go to a, have a faith, yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, bec- I, I think mainly that, you know, I I, I wanted to learn, you know, at that time there wasn't a church scene, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, yeah. the only times I ever even did anything in a, in a church situation was coffee bars. Do you know I mean? which ran on a Friday night or something yeah, and yeah. really were even looked at something quite different. Mm. You know there I mean? you know.
0: was a guy that you hooked up with uh, sort of pioneer really in prophetic worship, mm, mm, called mm, Kevin mm,
1: Proch. Mm, mm.
0: How did that happen with, with Kevin?
1: There was very few musicians who were full-time and, uh, and so um, they put together um, a gathering at Eastbourne, which I think now has become the wor- became the worship. I can't remember what it's called now, sort On of the thing. South coast, I yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, and uh, that that was a gathering to sh- to bring a lot of the different worship people together. So, and uh, in those days, because w- there weren't that many musicians yeah. around, there was a house band. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So the house band played for everyone. Yeah and I just happened to be in that house band mm-hmm. and so on that first one they decided to invite one artist from America yeah. and that artist was Kevin to I would never heard of him didn't know anything yeah. about him or anything yeah. and and so we I worked with him on that very first time and then a few months later because he had quite a hit there to mm-hmm. I me mean, he was invited back again and again it just happened that I got invited to play with him, but after that second time we really had some great conversations together mm-hmm. and uh, we realised that there was three areas that um, we both felt was very important for us. Um, one area was to be uh, supportive of the church and to encourage you know, uh, music within that sphere. The other one would, was to be a, a light outside the church and write songs pointing towards God. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And the third area was the nations. Mm. And so those three things were very much things on my heart, do you know what I mean? And for the first time I met someone else who had those things yeah. on their heart as well. Yeah. And yeah. so after that time Kevin had a band in America at that time, so I would do everything outside of America. Or Europe and so on yeah. Europe and Australasia and everything. And then after a a, a year or two of doing that, he asked me if I would be full-time with him. Yeah. And
0: one of the hallmarks of that was the spontaneity, which mm. I think was mm. the unpredictability, yeah, yeah, the risk-taking yeah. in, mm. the, in the music that you were playing that yeah. was really on the, on the edge there. Yeah. And sometimes, yeah. you know, if you were watching, you'd think, is this going to What's go, happening? This, what's happening? Yeah. Where are we going? Yeah. But out of that, you know, mm. comes freshness and originality, mm. and mm. such mm. a creative streak. And you began to explore you know, some sort of different sounds mm, outside mm, of the normal mm, bass mm, drum mm, keyboard mm, thing. Mm, introducing mm, some world mm, sounds. Mm, mm. How did that, did that come about through conversations with Kevin or did you
1: just... what? it actually came out well before Kevin. I, I was, I was doing that, um, I'd always been fascinated with, with sound mm. and uh, always Without think, I didn't. I never thought I was out of the box. I was just always fascinated with sound. So, mm-hmm. so even with the second band I ever played in, I decided that the guitarist was having way too much fun with all those pedals. Yeah. So I decided to put a wah wah pedal through my floor tom and do right. a little thing with that. Yeah, so, yeah. so I was always there. Was obviously something in me that mm-hmm. decided that there was always a different possibility, or there was always more. Yeah. yeah. And so I always saw that yes. and. Uh, one of the interesting things, because um, I didn't have a a great upbringing mm. to to I mean, you know, uh, I always felt a little bit insecure about who I was. Mm-hmm. So when I started going round to other nations, to I mean, I um it seemed I had eyes to see the beauty in that, mm-hmm. so I would always i went to I remember going to Germany recording the album there, and I just started listening to all this amazing German music just mm-hmm. i mean and and because you like listening to the music, you start hearing their sound and their story and hearing their sounds, and the same when I went to Sweden. And so wherever I went, I started collecting little instruments from all these different things. And my immediate thing was to come back and try and fit it in to what I had, you know. And even with, I mean, drum machines were just starting. I remember going to Frankfurt Messe, do you know what I mean, and literally having one of the very first Roland R8 drum machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I remember you had a sort of little role of, of programming. Yeah, yeah. I think you did it for Bryn, and I think you yeah. did some stuff for me as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little, little, little job on the side programming. Yeah, exactly. Nice sound. Yeah, I remember that. Um, and that really has sort of opened out in an incredible way for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's some stuff you did for me on one of my albums, Marsham Street. In mm, uh, mm. Westminster and some, mm. some, some great uh, sounds, uh, I think, the African, uh, the talking drum. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Sort of working together.
1: Well, I think the lovely thing about, you know, during that, that period was that it was not only the sound, but it was the story behind the sound that really impacted me. So, for instance, uh, the, the talking drum that you mentioned, mm-hmm. um, it's actually called the Tama drum in uh, with the Yoruba people in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And uh, w- what happened was uh, the Yoruba people had a tonal language. So that meant um, that the, the language and the words, whether you went up or down in tone, it was a totally different word. Mm-hmm. And so they literally made a drum that sounded like their language. So a great Yoruba player to this day can play the drum and someone will literally understand it in their language. Oh, that's and so when the first um, English people came in and they, they heard this, that's why it got the name The Talking Drum, because it literally is, it talks their language. Yeah, into yeah. So when I heard that story, that really captured me. And uh, one of the things I've has always been fascinated to me is what I call original intent. Do you know what I mean? And I believe this was made. The original intent was to have a drum that actually spoke. Mm. So when I found this out and heard this story, I started to think, what if I used it like that? Mm. So I started to literally think. As soon as I pick up, I'd say, I'd, I'd literally have a little prayer in my head, just saying, just you know to I mean, God, would you speak through this, mm. this mm. instrument? And what started happening was I would play this instrument, and people would start coming up to me afterwards and say, Marty, when you played that instrument, and they would point to it, they'd say, God said this to me. Mm. And literally, I started seeing how the original yeah. intent of the thing was being used yes. to, to me for God's purposes.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. And that is music, that is communication, that is heart to heart, spirit yeah. to spirit. Yeah and you've touched on something that i think is really key and really important which is this idea of community and mm. you know we have this star system in mm. especially in the west mm. the band uh, the musicians they're elevated to a huge place yeah. a platform yeah. Whereas music, I mean, in the Bible, the first time musicians talked about is alongside a sheep metal worker and a woodworker, yeah. part of the community. Mm-hmm, now, in much. your travels, you've seen a great deal of that, haven't
1: you? Oh, very Can much so. One well, one of the stories I often tell people is um, uh, we have been working with the people called the GoGo people in uh, in Tanzania. And uh, they're a rural community of, of fantastic musicians living in the middle of nowhere. We live in Mud Hut with them. Um, and they are a very poor people with not much. And so when the musician uh, gets up in the morning, like everyone else, he goes and plants seed so that he can live and, and, uh, and, and have food on the table. Mm. The only difference is the drummer will take his drum with him when he goes out to plant. And as they're planting and the sun comes up and it gets hotter and hotter and they all start losing hope because of the heat, the drummer will pull that round and start beating that drum and calling them to sing and bring hope back to the people to plant and remember. Everyone in the community knows the drummer is a musician. Everyone knows his role, sort of thing, but he's not elevated any higher. No. I mean. He's just part of the community. Part
0: of the community, and he sees his gifts to empower yeah. others. Yeah. Which I think, you know, not only in Africa, but worldwide, surely mm-hmm. that is our calling yeah. as musicians. I, aggr- I to, agree. To raise a sound, yeah. and to encourage, to help other people yeah. with the work that they're doing, yeah. and to draw uh, things out. And you know you have seen an array of uh, of styles. You've played in an array mm. of, of mm. venues, and I often think that music is very connected to the region that we're in. Yeah. Mm. Um, mm. Taking it for a, you know a cathedral, a cathedral choir sounds mm. amazing. Mm. an English mm. cathedral mm. choir. Mm. Uh, out in Africa, the drums yep. just just. Yep. Outside of, uh, of nature, mm, yeah. um, you know, jazz in in a smoky club—it yeah. it just all feels right. And yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. you know, a lot of our music, when it comes to worship, uh, perhaps a, a warehouse that's been co- converted. That the sound yeah, sort of yeah. it is, is reflects reflects uh, something something of that. Mm. But I'm I'm interested in the kind of music with working within an environment i mean Mm, i I, I saw on your website something about the the water um, percussion Mm, mm, mm. can you tell us about that that's
1: fascinating yeah in uh, there's a couple of different places in the world where um, small islands obviously surrounded by water Mm. and uh, because that's part of their life i mean a lot of the women will go in and they'll use the water from the sea to actually wash their clothes mm. and then that's just moved on to them actually hitting the water and creating rhythms with the water and with the sounds mm. so it's just a natural thing as part of their environment and again i i've taken that idea to I mean into a lot of the recording projects yeah. I, I do yeah. um, because i believe that the sound of the lamb will speak to people in different ways yes. so so for me, um, for instance, yeah. to what I, mean, I'll, I will mix in the sounds of, of the land into a piece of, of music mm-hmm. and to someone who's not from that land it will just be a nice sound mm-hmm. but from someone who's part of that land they'll know exactly it's what's happening. They'll connect with were. Yeah. So when I was down in New Zealand in the 90s I was working with uh, the Maori, the people of the land and the Pākehā which is the people that have come to the land and we were doing a project to bring the two together because there'd been a lot of troubles between the two and the Māori weren't allowed to use their language for 50 years and so we wanted to bring a project to, to bring these two groups of people together. And one of the songs uh, that I was brought was a very intimate um, song about seeking God. And when I spoke to the, uh, uh, the, the people who had written it, I asked them, what, what's behind this story? And they started telling me, this was an intimate you know, song, about um, how the Maori people of old, they would not go to a church to seek God, but they would walk out into the wilderness to petition God, just I mean in the quiet place. Mm-hmm well this this grabbed me just what I just really really grabbed me so what I decided to do was I decided to record myself actually walking out into the bush as a backdrop right. to this song yeah. and then also what I did, decided to do is in every culture around the world nature actually speaks to to us just mm. you know I mean mm. um, we've um, Uh, become so far removed from that those ideas we now think that's new age it's not new age at all if you read Job it says uh, listen to the animals they will tell you what you know speak to the earth speak to us so it's not new it's kingdom age Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. and so what I did was I found out what all these animals and bird noises and things meant in Maori culture and I took some of those things and put them on top of this you know, this this little song sort of thing. So you had me walking out into the thing, a guy singing over the top, and then all these animal noises yeah. speaking to them. Yes. Now, if someone from England listens to this this track, all they'll think of is this, oh, there's you know, lovely sounds and all this sort of thing. When a Maori person hears this they know intimately what every single sound is saying and it, what is speaking to them. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And it's, it's, it created a track that's all these amazing, beautiful things have been spoken into the atmosphere.
0: Yes, yeah, and music communicates on a deep level. Yeah. As you're speaking, I'm thinking of uh, St Francis of Assisi, yeah. of course who was yeah, out there yeah, and, and uh, yeah. the, the the birds would, yep. would follow him. Yeah. I don't think it was just a chance thing. No. I think there was something yeah. in what he was doing that yeah. was was drawing their attention. Mm. I'm thinking of Sam Lee who is an English folk singer. Yeah, yeah. He mm. does this thing out, out with the nightingales mm. in London. Mm. Mm. Nightingale season, he goes out and he sings his songs and he the, the nightingales are all around mm. and there's this holistic
1: well, bringing love together because yeah. all creation yearns yep. for yep. you know yep. uh, one of the funny, it's a funny little story but um, I've been um, had a long history with Cyprus mm. and there's a, a, a small international school that uh, are up in the mountains near Moniatis, and uh, I was up there one one evening playing with a, a group of uh, musicians up there for for a small church gathering up there and uh, we were playing some music together in a, a small hut that had open windows at the back of it and behind that was a massive reservoir mm. and as the music um, had a natural lull we, all everything went quiet and I was sitting at the back of the room to mean and in this quiet, all I could hear was all these frogs singing in, ah. in the reservoir. Yeah. Well, I'm a very moment person as, as I, I yes. think. And, uh, and so without thinking I screamed at the top of my voice, oh my goodness, listen to all these frogs! Mm. And this worshipful group of people looked at me as if I'd lost the plot totally. Uh, but then it got worse because I started hearing a rhythm in the frogs and so I started playing oh, wow. with the frogs. Yeah. For the next 45 minutes, the congregation of people worshipped with nature. Yeah. Yeah. And something happened in that moment that some of the scriptures I've read about the trees clapping the hands and all that, that i would not really got a grid for. I understood it, do you know what I mean? but I think that moment with the frogs gave me a realization that everything is singing around us and it's actually about us recognizing it and joining in with it. joining in with it, joining
0: Mm. in. It me of when I was up in the Isle of Skye with uh, Pat, my wife, and uh, we were doing a a sort of worship seminar in a typical marquee type tent. Mm -hmm. And you suddenly look out and think to yourself, we're in this tent, we're in this environment. Let's make our worship time outside let's go outside the camp and mm-hmm. join with all this beautiful mm-hmm. creation mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. um and you know it took on a new dimension mm-hmm. because it, mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're, we're uh, joining with, with uh, what's going on around now a big thing of what you do is the voices for the nations mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. You, we've already touched on this the identity yeah of yeah. A, 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 a person because mm-hmm. You know, We've become very westernised in our approach to Christianity and it's, it, it's like we become a certain type of person, whereas you're all mm. about releasing yeah
1: the person's, yeah, yeah. their culture. Yeah, I, I, again for, for many years I've just always had a love for, um, for uh, uniqueness and, and I think in this season people are crying out for identity. And we've we seem to have lost it all over the world, in fact. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so for for me to try and encourage people to to mean that the original intent of who they were, Mm -hmm. just that they were deliberately placed within the boundaries of a land, a culture and a language, Mm -hmm. and that the missionaries of old who didn't understand that sort of thing um, negated the fact that their instruments, their sounds, their songs could be used for God. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean and brought in their culture, do you know what I mean and tried to make them a little bit like themselves. Yeah. You know, when um, I always joke I've read the end of the book and it does say every tribe, every nation, every language. Do you know what I mean it's not it's not, you know, we're not all going to be singing in English or Hebrew even. Exactly,
0: exactly. I suppose there is the, the fear in some people when they hear that kind of thing, they think, oh, you know, what about occult influences and, and, and uh, voodoo yeah. and, and all this stuff uh, mm. is tied up with instrument. What would your response be to that? Yeah, I've,
1: I'm, I've had to think very deeply about these things. And uh, um, I remember, you know, receiving a letter once uh, well, no, actually, it was Turl who sent the letter and then Turl sent Your it to promise. me. Yeah, Turl Ryans was sent the letter, and it basically suggested that us drummers were evil and um, uh, worshippers of other things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that really um, was uh, probably a, a huge turning point for me because, uh, for once, instead of just telling them that, that they were idiots, I actually did some serious research. And I started looking into a lot of the um um bible readings that they'd sent me um and um and for me, it really made me look at you know the idea well what was made by God and what wasn't do you know what I mean? and when you look at that, you realize that the devil hasn't made anything true God has made absolutely everything to mean you know, and then anything can be. Used for a good way, or it can be used for a bad way, mm. and so it put me on this journey of trying to um, explore. Well, what does that mean? Do you know what I mean and 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 then do you know what I mean if something has been used for bad? You know, what what role do we play in in bringing that back to its original intent, its original use? Mm. Um, one of the r- really interesting things is is whenever you travel to and you'll know this because of your travels as well whenever you travel to a different nation just you know I mean if you spend long enough to sit at their feet and listen to their stories just you know to I mean you'll actually start getting a different perspective and you'll suddenly realize that the way they see god and the way they see things is slightly different so i i was uh, in Jerusalem and uh, I met up with a man called Moshe who was an orthodox Jew and he'd just written a book um, about his faith and one of the things that I really uh, grabbed me was that he wrote a little bit about how um, a rabbi was speaking to his students and asked the question what language does God speak in And his students were a bit perturbed by this, and they were suggesting all sorts of things, everything from English to Hebrew to all sorts of things. And then the rabbi said, no, he says, I believe that God's language is people. And what he meant by that was the original covenant, right way back, that we we all read about how we were made unique in his image, but we don't read on. And the next bit says, and that we would fill the earth. Mm. As far as an Orthodox Jewish man thinks, the only reason the glory of God can be fill the earth if his people fill the whole earth. So this Orthodox Jew gave me this amazing realization that actually God's whole intent right from the beginning was to fill the earth full of different people because in that way, the glory of God could be throughout the whole earth.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. That's great. Community, relationships, people. Mm-hmm. I, I, one thing I know about you, Martin, is mm-hmm. you're people person. Mm-hmm. It is, it's mm-hmm. something that, you know, we're musicians, we're always seeking for something. Mm-hmm. And I know mm-hmm. with you, it, it's this idea of community. So you don't. Just when you visit a place, you try and spend time with the local community. It's not the case of coming in and doing your thing and going away.
1: Um, I think, uh, you know, I I loved uh, my times of touring and uh, being with bands because of that in itself was very much community. Mm Um, as you know, yeah. if if you're away two weeks with three other smelly people, just to make camaraderie yeah. jokes, um, ha- yeah, hamburgers at three o'clock in the morning, do you mean? You can't. You, you have to. Yeah. You know, you have to yeah. not only get to know people, but you have to forget about <laughs> some of their indiscretions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, so where was where was I going with this? Um, your question was about
0: and uh, people um you're a people person and yeah. spending time in coffee. Oh yes yeah
1: so during during that season one of the things that really disappointed me was we we arrive at a place you'd spend one evening and after that evening you'd have some really great chats and then you were gone the next day and uh, and it just really, it, I I can remember loads of times people coming up Martin can you hurry up but we need to get all the stuff in a van, and I'm busy chatting with someone, just you know I mean, about something or other. And I'm got this this pull inside me that you know wants to spend more time with people. So um, so there was a time when I uh, when I uh, married Rebecca, and I took a year out of music um, for that time. And during that time, I was asking some deep questions about my next season, just you know I mean, you know. And in fact. Because of some of the insecurities I had to I to mean in music, I was even sort of asking God, "Well, is is this it for me in music, to I to mean you know?" But actually, the, the, what was so beautiful for me is I really felt that God tapped me on the shoulder and said, "I love what you do, but I want you to to follow your dreams and not everyone else's." Mm-hmm. So it really brought me into a whole new area. And one of those dreams that I had was was was. I always wondered what would it be like if we spent more time with each other. So what was really interesting was the very first thing that event I got asked to do after that year back was in Austria. And they asked me if I would be the MD for for a conference that was happening in Austria. And so because of these thoughts I'd had during the year, I, I said to them, I would love to do it, but could we do something a little bit different? and they said yeah well, what are you thinking of and I said well first of all um, I explained my history and I said I want to come and for a week early and I want to live with your musicians for a week before we even do any music. <laughs> now that is
0: very uh, counter cultural.
1: Yeah. yeah and he immediately was oh well that's a bit different yeah. and, I, and I, I explained to him I said you know I've flown in and flown out to so many different places my question has always been would it be any better if if we knew each other? Would the would the music be, do you know what I mean? Would there be something in there? So he, he he sort of um, agreed to that and looked at it. And he said, anything else? And I said, yeah, do you have stage? He said, yeah, we've got a great big stage, lights, smoke, a whole lot. And I said, well, we won't be using that. <laughs> I, I says, uh, you put a dirty great cross on the stage and we're going to go down with the congregation and we'll face the same mm. way as them mm. and and so that started me on this journey of realizing that we've learned from pop, pop culture and how we do things and we don't have to do them that way no. there's nothing wrong in that just no. you know I mean but there are so many other ways okay. and uh, we're supposed to be the most creative we're not supposed to be copiers mm. and so that was one area that really started me on this whole thing about, and now Rebecca and I um, explain it as we create being time round the doing time. That's good. Do you know I mean? yeah. So in other words, we try and build relationship and community. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And out of that, do you know what I mean, the music comes forth when we actually know people and yeah. we've built relationship. Yeah. And and, I'll be honest. Sometimes it's not, you know, the most perfect. Uh, professional music and it's not that but there's something about the heart just you know i mean that i've really noticed well, and people people feel safe with you yes. because you've you've given them permission yes. to be themselves yes. in that week or in that time you've spent together just mm. you know i mean you've heard their story just you know i mean you've understood mm. you've understood their insecurities and their hopes and their dreams and their failings mm. and together you've been on this beautiful journey and you you when when that week had happened in Australia when we started playing music I knew that everyone in the band totally had the permission to do what they had felt in their heart that they all had the possibility that they could go off and prophesy with their instrument they all had the possibility that we didn't just have to play the song they all had the possibility that if they they wanted to cry they could go in the corner and do that mm. See what I mean? Mm. and so for me that was just a, a really special moment
0: so it sounds like it was a sense of, of wholeness in you mm. and I think wholeness yeah. doesn't necessarily mean perfection. No, no. It doesn't mean musical perfection, although of course yeah. we want it to be good yeah. and everything, yeah. but there's something bigger than that, it's yeah. a bigger story yeah. that is yeah. us being who we are, authentic and yeah. vulnerable and open, open, mm. open mm. heart. And I know you've got mm. an open heart along with mm. Rebecca. Mm.
1: Uh, Best. When you when you try and do something different, it's always going to be messy at the beginning. Of course. And so often, what we do as artists, mm. we decide not to be messy, no. and so we stay the same. Yeah. But there's that, for me. There's always going to be that little messy bit, just I mean, before you find your stride into something. New. Yes.
0: And we try and follow other people's paths, don't mm. we? You mm. know, we look at our heroes and we think, yeah. Oh, if I could be like them. But actually, God's saying, Be you. Yeah. Are. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I remember meeting you a long time ago, and you were always interested in National Geographic
1: magazine, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and to see the fruition of that, yeah, uh, Because yep. I think God works with us well before. We, oh, definitely. You know, we yeah. find who we really are. Yeah, working. And yeah. So your inner desire then becomes released into, yep. into into something. No, uh, very much so. And uh, we were just saying about you. I know you love sport. You know the way you connect with the, yep. uh, the, the people around. in... Mm-hmm. in uh, in different cultures through sport. Mm. You know? mm. And it's the case of you, Rebecca, uh, What would you say her role is in. Because in, in you're like the musician.
1: I'd, I always joke that I call them in and she loves on them.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, she's. she's one thing being with uh, Rebecca is. Um, um, being a musician is very noticeable. Mm. To be a lover of people, it's not very noticeable. Mm and and uh and it's interesting god's pecking order and our pecking order you know god puts love as yeah, the, highest, the highest the highest thing yeah. but actually in our society we don't notice you know we, we might notice people that love we certainly don't give them a pedestal we don't no. certainly don't put them high up mm. just to mean you know so i, I found that very interesting mm-hmm. just to mean how we treat people like that yeah you know
0: and you 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 really are a team together. You? You know, oh, you very much so. together, yeah. Um, and you do visit such diverse. I mean, you've been doing a project with somebody from Northumbria, a girl, a recording. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell us a bit about that,
1: because uh, we lived in community for 12 years in Northumbria with a um, a group called the Northumbria Community, and uh, part of their story is is looking at the original. Um, handprint or footprint of belief in our culture here in in the United Kingdom Mm. and seeing that that Celtic model was a very very different model from the Roman model that came in a little bit later and asking the question again of original intent just mean that God had for our land Mm. and so through being part of that community and and retouching on my roots where my mother was Irish and now I found out I've actually more Irish than I am English. Because oh. you know I mean? her parents, great grandparents, and great were all from Ireland. Yeah, 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 So touching back on that Celtic model, just you know I mean, again that really gave me an understanding of why I am who I am and why I like I'm this wandering gypsy type. Yeah. And uh, and so being part of that community, I met up with a couple who live on um, Holy Island called Andy and Anna Rain. And uh, we, um, they've had a great love for Northumbria, to I mean, and the stories of the Celtic saints of old and how they literally changed this nation. Um, a young man called Aidan Literally was one of the first people brought in by the king of Northumbria at the time, and that man, just by walking the highways and byways, Christianised the whole of Britain apart from the southeast corner. Mm. And so they've been very impacted by uh, those stories and by Northumbria. And so we decided to uh, put together uh, a project uh, using some of the old prayers. And some of the um, tunes from that land, with some of the sounds of that land. So Northumbrian pipes and accordions and concertinas, and even going down to in Northumberland, there's a, a very much a tradition of, of vocal singing. In fact, there's a, a group who meet on Boxing Day in pubs in Northumberland who all come along just singing a cappella in the pubs, and it's very much uh, you know uh, something that. Um, people in that part of the world do and so we even took one song and, and went into a pub and got a whole group of people to try you know to mm. try and show that side mm. of thing mm. but I'm really excited by this project which is being released this year because for me it's, uh, it really hopefully has captured you know, the sound of, of Northumberland not only instrumental wise but Anna has actually learnt the dialect Northumbria oh, right. and just I mean and use that yeah, the, on the some other songs. Voice, the yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: How can how can we access that particular?
1: Um that's it's ju- literally just out so it's it's going to be um around and about I'll, I'm hopefully I'll have some on my website on soon website, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
0: that sounds great. Yeah. Great project to be involved in. Yeah. And, and some of your work takes you outside of the church, you're not just a yeah no. church musician no not a great opportunity yeah. so what what kind of things would, would would that be when you're working outside I mean obviously working with bands but um, yeah cultural it's projects
1: yeah I mean where we always uh, we always joke that we haven't a clue what we're doing we just put one foot in front of mm. each other and see what happens. Mm. You've not got a five-year plan then? No, no, <laughs> and also we, we, uh, one of the things that um, because we are working with different peoples and different people groups, you know, the idea of taking one size fits all yeah. is, is just a nonsense. Mm-hmm. You know? And so it's always about going and, and seeing you know, what, what, what is needed here and, and, and also asking the question well, what are you already doing here God? yeah just I mean and how do we fit in with yeah, that okay, you yeah. know so uh, so for for instance how we started with the gogo people was was um, we got um, um, involved with pioneer Bible translators and in Tanzania there are 126 different people groups each with their own language each culture that's just one country in in, in and at the moment they've only got I think a handful of those languages in a, in a New Testament and so they heard uh, me speak about um, how story just I mean, can go out through a people group without written language in an oral culture. So they came and visited me. I told them a few things and they were really excited. So we got invited to Tanzania to go and visit different projects just to talk to them about story and music and how important that was to, um, to help. Uh, so within that, we just happened to finish up way in the boonies right out in the middle of nowhere with the Gogo people and they were going through drought and famine, but they treated us like kings. When we left that village, there's there's protocols uh, when you meet and greet people like that, where you have to go and see the elders to say goodbyes and your hellos and all that. So we were saying goodbye to the elders of the village and I said to them, I see your people aren't doing well. What's going to happen? And the uh, the chairman of the village said to me, Martin. He said, uh, "We will know if it's really bad because the old people will go into their mud huts and close the door." Mm-hmm. And what he meant was the old people would give their lives for the young people yeah, when there wasn't much food. Yeah, yeah. So we we ended up going home on a plane, in tears, mm-hmm. and and that line just went round in my head and and my immediate thing was how can a a a drummer boy from the east end of london
0: yeah yeah
1: how how, what can i you know how can you do anything about this it it just seemed too big for me too big for me but this little nugget in my head just kept just kept saying help tell their story Mm. and so i just couldn't get away from this so through this help tell their story we we ended up going back and recording all their songs all their stories filming them then selling that in the west and all the money going back to build water wells. it now has medical dispensaries, solar panel Fantastic. and literally the whole village has transformed just i mean in in a number of years so much so that the story has gone all the way out through Tanzania, yeah. and one of the years we went back, we were invited to Parliament, you know, because the story has now got out to there, and we we've had meetings with the infrastructure uh, chairman, all sorts right. of things.
0: Is this the sing sing to the world sing to the project, world yeah project, yeah, project. DVD yeah and, uh,
1: DVD, DVD and CD and DVD. Yeah. yeah that's right yeah.
0: And what I love about that is like again we keep coming back. It's community, it's yeah. relationship, yeah. it's seeing your role not just yeah. as an entertainer who comes in yeah. and impresses people, mm. but someone who draws other people and mm. uses your influence mm. through your music yeah. to inspire others to give and help, yeah. help yeah. part of the, the community. I,
1: I I can't say enough that the artist has such an incredible role to play in community. Um, one of the things that's been um, quite bizarre in my life is a number of projects I've done have been in Cultures that have, have had genocide, and and through this, I've done a lot of research on this to find out that when um, a dictator comes to power, the first people he takes out are the artists, the musicians, and the learned ones. Right. And he does that because if he can take out the artist, yep. he can rewrite the story of the land yep. because it's the artist that holds the story of a people. Yep. So, Pol Pot did it mean in rwanda just i mean you know uh, che Guevara? just i mean the nazis just you you name it mean you know, and they used music when when um, uh, um, when the guy from china mao tse tung went into tibet he said this he said give me uh, 10 musicians over a 1000 warriors and i'll change your, the culture mm. and that's what he did he basically went in, okay, and what he did there is he found Tibetan musicians that he manipulated and and basically gave them Chinese songs to sing to their culture. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Okay. And now, if you go there, you'll find most in the towns and the main cities they're all singing Chinese stuff, but the Tibetan stuff is only out in the rural where he couldn't get to. Mm. But he used music and the arts to change the culture. Do you know what I mean? Now, if they can do it. Then what, what role do we have? Yeah. Do you know, what I mean? you know what possibilities do we have as 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 people of faith and artists? Mm. Do you know what I mean? To not only bring light but to transform and and change culture.
0: Mm. Absolutely. Uh, what a place to leave it because uh, you know we've touched on on the heart of it. Yeah. changing changing not only atmospheres but changing people's mm. emotions and, and, and mindsets yeah, yeah. Uh, for, for the good. Um, Do you know
1: now there's, there's, a, there's a hospital in Glasgow okay, who's actually hiring in musicians to change the atmosphere of a hospital.
0: Okay.
1: okay. So I, I've, I've got a story, okay. a podcast story of a harp player who went in there mm. and she was just going in there, she'd been in there a few days and she decided that they were given, they could play anywhere they wanted to, just to change the atmosphere. So she goes in for the first time to ICU, okay, intensive care unit for yeah. babies. Yeah. She sits down, gowns up, starts playing a harp. After two minutes, a nurse on the other side of the wall shouts across, what are you doing? She thinks she's having a go at her and says, oh, I'm really sorry. This is a new initiative to play music, to bring peace around the hospital. And the nurse says, no, I'm not meaning that. I've been trying to get this baby's heart to beat properly for the last half an hour. As soon as you started playing, yeah. it's gone normal. Yeah. That heart player played for two hours and the baby never lost a beat.
0: Mm. Now we're really into something,
1: aren't we? Now, these are the sort of stories that yeah. I'm hearing all over the world yeah. where, where, as I say, arts becomes not only part of the community but, but is seen to, to me to change.
0: To reawaken, w- to bring a heat. Yeah, exactly. Uh, with a whole diverse ar- ar- array of yeah. different instruments that will mean different things to different people. Different people, people exactly. Um, and uh, Martin, you've been entrusted with such a, a, w- a wonderful gift uh, to offer to, to the world. and mm. I think it's something, you know, people listening, young musicians uh, listening to this, could think to themselves, oh, that sounds great for Martin. Mm. Um, but We've all got a different role, mm. and maybe think outside of the box in in the way that you approach your musical. Uh, if you know music therapy, um, I know somebody who is involved in helping people plan for funerals. Uh, uh, mm. I mean, uh, at that moment, a uh, uh, vulnerability. We we're, we're open. Mm. Out of an open heart mm. comes something mm. uh, restorative. We we have that uh, mm-hmm. opportunity to do that. So. Martin, it's been wonderful mm. talking to you. Mm. I hope
1: those uh, the listeners will will have. I know they will have gleaned, but uh, you know to apply it mm. w- is really wonderful. Great. So thanks, thanks for Dave. for our time. No, it's great to be here. I remember that shed.
0: That was a great session with Martin. There he was telling all those stories of his travels around the world. Very stimulating, and as I was listening, I couldn't help think of that familiar passage in the book of Revelation chapter 7 where it talks about the great multitude coming together from every nation, from every tribe, from every people, from every language and you know music is a language and there are so many different sounds that can be expressed in that, this great cascade of, of worship, global worship that God looks for from around the world we so often just have this monochrome idea that it's all about one particular sound a westernized type sound that becomes created and yet God is looking for that diversity and yet authenticity as we express from our culture praise and worship to the one who has overcome and I hope it stirred and stimulated you in the way that it has me today to be reminded that there are so many styles, so many ways of releasing that praise that belongs to our God and may we do that with our different tones, sounds and languages in this day.